It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. That's it. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%. But I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time. You are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now, JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, let's get this rolling today. JT with you on a big day. As we get the programming going from this morning all the way to queue after me here on the flagship. Of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio, still talking about Josh Jacobs. lot to say coming up here in the monologue on all that, and I'm sure you do too. So if you got an opinion on that, even though we're wrapping up our cornerbacks today, Raiders all-time team at cornerback, as I talked to a couple legends today who helped me clarify my second team. Uh, we'll roll into the safeties. We'll introduce the safeties on the Raiders all-time team, but we feel like we need another uh, day or at least programming here an hour or two on Josh Jacobs because it's a national news story today. Yesterday we were on the air when the deadline came and passed and Josh didn't get a long-term contract extension with the Raiders. There was a lot of talk about that yesterday, last night. And this morning when I got up, I did three hours this morning on Mad Dog, uh, Sirius XM 82, and we talked about this at length, uh, the caving, the collapsing running back market. And that's really what the story is. What the story is, is that the running back market has kind of collapsed here over the last year or two. And if you're looking to get a quarterback, excuse me, a, a running back deal right now, it's not a great time to do it. And again, we can make the comparison to the stock market or the real estate market. Uh, if the real estate market's on its way down and it's going down fast and furious, it's not a good time to sell your house. If the stock market's about to collapse like it does, wink, wink, every October, since I've been a stockbroker, get out by October. If you don't have the stomach to hold, you know, don't get involved in the market in October. And unfortunately for Josh Jacobs, he did not secure that contract. But he was close from everything that I'm hearing. And again, I haven't talked to Dave Ziegler on this uh, yet. We're going to be seeing him a lot coming up here with training camp coming on next week with the rookies and right around the corner. Uh, we'll know more and more about this. But, you know, with Josh being outside in the parking lot of the building, some of the reports on how close it was. He got over to the building to be outside just in case the deal came through. Whatever it is, it seems like they had a pretty good idea, both sides, that they were very close. And that's been the reporting, that they've been very close, as Tom Pelissero talked about. And, you know, everybody who's discussing it today on our station, it wasn't like this was. It was closer than Saquon Barkley in New York with the Giants. Let's say that. And it doesn't seem like there was a lot of bad blood yesterday or throughout the negotiations because they seem to have been pretty close on getting a deal done. Now, that $10 million franchise tag seems to be the fair market value for an elite running back. Is there even such thing as an elite running back anymore? Used to be when I was growing up as a kid, you had eight or nine a year. You had eight or nine elite running backs a year who were great running backs because the game back then was about running the ball then the advent of the passing game on every down, and the running back has been devalued. But you still need a great running back to win, or do you? Look at Kansas City and their two Super Bowls as of late. The Rams Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. 
The market is driving it down because perceptions are you don't need a workhorse bell cow running back to win a championship. I disagree. I think if you have someone like that, it's going to be great to work off the quarterbacks and receivers, ball control, win games in the wintertime outside. To me, it's always been a very important position, and that will never change with me. I'm never going to be this guy who changes unless the league completely goes to flag football and it goes to flag football and it's not tackle football anymore. I'm still going to believe that a guy like Josh Jacobs is super valuable. But that $10 million number now is the market going forward. Jonathan Taylor, the Colts running back, who I he's a very good player, but he's been banged up as of late. He tweeted, wow, Derek Henry put out an unbelievable tweet. But first, I want you to hear from Ian Rappaport. I thought that Ian Rappaport did a pretty good job of summing up just the running back market in general going forward. Here's Ian Rappaport earlier today on NFL Network. I imagine the running back group thread is a group text thread is probably going wild right now. And, you know, the running back market, unfortunately, is what it is. And that's what these guys are all battling. That's why it's been so hard to get a deal done because the franchise tag number has gotten lower and lower. So the team's offers have gotten less and less. And it's not about what the running backs deserve. All these guys deserve all of the money. They're all great players. The problem is when the team has them for $10 million, how much above that is a team willing to go? And then for what? It's going to take some tough circumstances, some really hard-minded individuals to get the running back market to where it should be. And maybe Jonathan Taylor could be a guy to do it. So as you can say, it's a collapsing market or it's a market that's depressed or it's a market going down. Here's what Derrick Henry tweeted yesterday, the star running back of the Tennessee Titans, quote, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game then. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give all of an organization just seems like it doesn't matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. And that's probably the best running back in football the last five years. And I think he's paid number 139 in the league. If you look at the overall number for Derrick Henry and you look at where Josh Jacobs is going to slot. By the way, the number for one year on the running back is a great number at 10 million bucks if you can get it. Josh Jacobs could get it along with Tony Pollard and Saquon Barkley. That's a really good number, but they don't get job security. And I am positive. I am positive that everybody that's listening to me today Raider fan or not, thinks that Josh Jacobs deserves multiple years. And that's what they negotiated with. And I think the Raiders believe he deserves multiple deals. I don't believe that the Raiders think he's a one-and-done guy this year on the franchise tag. It might end up being that way. Who knows? But I think the Raiders probably negotiated. They did in good faith and had a number that Josh's agent and the Raiders were right at. They were right at that number. When you look at the guarantee, the amount of years, we can all guess a contract for a running back isn't going to be long-term ever or anytime soon again. What's a long-term deal? Three years? Three years or two years? It's a one-year plus one. Or it's a two-year deal with a one-year after that. It's a short-term deal going forward, which is really tough to swallow if you're Josh Jacobs' family or you're a running back coming up here in the next year or two. And that's the business side of sports that we cover. And everything I do in and around this team It's the one thing that I always remind you. I don't get involved with the business. I have opinions on what players are worth, and now I can give you my opinion on this. I think that Josh Jacobs is probably is clearly worth more than a one-year franchise tag, 
I think that the Raiders, it would have been great if they would have came together with a deal. I think it would have been a smart move for the organization to lock up Josh Jacobs as the organization is trying to get better, younger players. Remember, smarter, more explosive players, disruptors on defense. Maybe they're a year out for having two more other players with Josh Jacobs that can make this team a Super Bowl contender. I'm not talking about a contender. If, if it turns out with Jimmy Garoppolo that he can play a couple of years at a high level with Devontae and the players that they have and the players that they just drafted, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think they're going to pick up another defensive player before the start of the season. And then next year in the draft, they get two more starting defenders with this elite kicking game, kicker and punter. I think the Raiders are right there to be one of the better teams in football. I really do believe that, but they need Josh Jacobs to make that happen. And Zeus is going to be a good running back. He's going to get a lot of touches in the preseason, we all know. And we also don't know the, this afternoon when Josh is going to come back. Hopefully everything, because he was in the parking lot yesterday. Uh, he loves his teammates, Max Crosby. He wants to be there. Plus, unfortunately, he's playing on a one-year deal. So he wants to be in shape and have another big year. So hopefully the framework of a deal that might be in place, I don't know if it is, but a framework that was very close that might be in place for next year can be executed. All of this becomes a little bit complicated here today. So I know everybody's going to wonder, and as I always told you on this show, the low-hanging fruit nationally is every national media member is going to kick the Raiders to the curb. You don't hear this with the Giants. I watched today. I got up early and watched Sports Center and get up, and I watched – you know, NFL Network, and no one's really talking about the Raiders as much as they're talking about the Giants and Saquon Barkley because the New York Giants in the number one media market, and they made the playoffs last year, and they won a playoff game against a really good Viking team that was dominating last year. With all that coming into play, the Raiders, a lot of the media is just saying, it's the Raiders, it's the Raiders, who cares? Josh Jacobs, they weren't going to win anyway. Well, we want the Raiders to win here. And we're hoping that the Raiders can win. And they're going to need Josh Jacobs out of the gate at Denver and at Buffalo to start the season before the home opener on Sunday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is a vital cog in this organization and on this roster, even though he's not on the roster and he's not under contract. So we can go in one of two directions today. You could be really upset at the organization for not getting the deal done. You could look at the deal as a fair market unjust market that's what I think you should do you should be calling in saying it's a shame that Josh didn't get the deal wish he got the deal but the market is not where it needs to be for him and we learned a valuable lesson here from the Raiders yesterday who I believe even though there was no deal at the deadline and Vinny wrote the cover story today when they were unable to come to terms on a multi-year contract he said according to a person close to the situation the two sides made considerable progress in the closing hours before the deadline. And while they weren't able to agree on a deal, the hope is that there is a starting point and a framework in place for when Jacobs and the Raiders are able to resume talks at the end of the season. But that's a long way away. And that's what I've heard too. You know, they were close. They were close. And maybe this could be a framework for a deal going forward. But that doesn't do Josh Jacobs any good today. He's got to avoid a catastrophic injury. If you've listened to me for 25 minutes or 25 years, I don't predict injuries. I don't want anybody to get hurt. So I don't say, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get hurt. A matter of fact, I don't do that. You might do that. I don't do that. And I'm hoping that Josh is 100% healthy and plays every game this year. But we don't know what's going to happen. We do not know 
what is going to happen with this situation, and we are hoping for the best. And he's a hell of a player, and if he runs as hard as he ran last year, the Raiders are going to have an opportunity to compete in every single game. As I said yesterday, the key to this season early is the schedule's brutal. Uh, Denver's going to be better. Buffalo's might be the best team in all of football. I predicted they'd win the Super Bowl the last two years. They're a Super Bowl contender. And Pittsburgh's coming in for the home opener, and they're really good because of their coach and their framework of that organization. And Josh Jacobs is going to be massive in those first couple of games for ball control, third down, keeping those other quarterbacks on the sideline. And now we just got to hope that he shows up on time and in shape as a pro, I talked to someone today off the record, said, how do you think he's going to handle this? And they said, like a pro. I can't predict that. I can just say what I heard. Hopefully he handles this like a true professional, and he comes in and he rips it up again. And if he rips it up again, he's not guaranteed to get a contract extension. You would hope he would, but he's not guaranteed to get it. The topic of the day is why did this marketplace for running backs go so low and not exceed expectations and I don't know because for years I've been saying on my my radio shows that some of the contracts in professional sports have to cool off I have said that I'm that guy especially these NBA contracts and baseball contracts that are out of control Aaron Judge of the Yankees just signed for 360 million dollars and he can't play and stay on the field he's hurt you go to the NBA what are we dealing with load management there are players that make three hundred and fifty to $400,000 a game and are completely healthy and decide they don't want to play. It's called load management. A hockey, that doesn't seem to be a problem. But you know what I was thinking about and I wanted to tell you today? In hockey, you don't have a depressed position. Hockey doesn't make the money that NFL players make unless you're Connor McDavid or Mark Stone or unless you're a superstar or a captain. You don't make NFL money. But you don't hear on hockey news that the goalie market's depressed. You don't hear in hockey that the right-wing market is depressed and the centers are getting paid like quarterbacks, but we just can't pay the right wing. You don't hear that in basketball, have you? That the point guard market is at a point where no one wants to pay for a point guard anymore. I think a good example is the center position, right? The center position is not valued the way it used to, in the Steph Curry era where everybody's chucking up and shooting threes. But you don't hear anybody say, we're not going to pay Joel Embiid. He's getting paid. Nikola Jokic, who technically plays center, he plays the 4-5. You don't hear that. You only hear that in the NFL at one position, running back. Not middle linebacker. And middle linebacker and linebackers are a little bit depressed compared to the edge rushers and the left tackles. Hey, it's a good time to be Colton Miller at left tackle. Or it's a good time to be Max Crosby as an edge rusher, and it's not a great time to be a running back in this league as of today. And will that change? It doesn't look like it's going to change. It doesn't look like it's going to change. And we found out that the Raiders are not going to overpay the market. You know, the debate of they didn't want to set a new market or this or that. I don't know what the new market would have been set at. If Josh Jacobs got a three-year deal and the money was more, that would have been the market going forward for Jonathan Taylor to go exceed that when his deal comes next year. Uh, Derrick Henry's at the top of his game. That should be the market. I think the market in the NFL should not be Josh Jacobs, who had a really good year last year. It should probably be Derrick Henry, who's even been more consistent. And Josh is a real consistent player. 
But as I wrap up the monologue brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m., head on out to PT's for an ice-cold Modelo, any cocktail of your choice, as we are living in the 111s, 12s, and 13s. Cool off on the way home from work or happy hour at night, where I was in the pool last night at midnight. My son came home. He went and saw Mission Impossible 3. We got in the pool and we're talking about it at midnight. And <laughs> Look at your watch. I already did three hours today on the air. So I'm in the pool. I'm trying to cool off, and I'm trying to talk about the running back market. And is it a shame for Josh Jacobs? Yeah, I think it is a shame. It's unfortunate that he didn't get a multi-year deal because I think he deserved it. He's the type of player who should get it, and I think he's a powerful person in this organization. But the Raiders were going to pay what the market was. They weren't going to exceed that or do something over the top considering some of the issues that they have with their roster. And I clearly understand that. But I'm pro Josh Jacobs, and I would have been thrilled to come in today and have him on the radio, or hopefully he goes on the radio with Q or our morning show, and we could congratulate him on a deal. We won't be able to do that. And we got to hope that he handles it well. He comes into the league in shape. He stays in shape. He shows up at camp sooner than later and he's ready to roll for this team. It's a tough topic. You know, all my years with the Raiders, you haven't had many of these topics. I've seen it a few times. Khalil Mack, the Jamarcus Russell holdout. I had a front row seat in Napa with Mr. Davis in his booth at the Marriott. No Jamarcus Russell until he came in, and we know what happened there. And this seems to be a little bit more friendly, but that's all we know. We don't know for sure because we're not Dave Ziegler, and we're not Josh Jacobs and his agent. But it seems like they got really close to a deal. And it's unfortunate they, they got all the way to what would have been the finish line. And for whatever reason, they didn't get it done. It's a business. And I always remind you of that. All right. When we come back, my list of the top eight safeties, excuse me, cornerbacks in Raider history. We have the top four, which I think is going to be accurate with you. But what about the next four? What about the next four and the honorable mentions? As we kick it off, we'll get going with the safeties. But the number is 702-365-9200. I need you to call in today, or I'd like you to call in today. We don't need calls. We like them. But if you call in today, how do you think Josh Jacobs was treated? What's your gut tell you on that? This is a sports radio topic with some teeth. What does your gut tell you it's going to happen next? My shows are always about taking a topic and moving it forward, not being Captain Obvious and going back and reading the headlines. Help me move this topic forward. What happens with Josh Jacobs going forward in the next 30 to 60 days? 702-365-9200, the flagship of the Silver and Black. He's the running back, and Carr will go back into the gun on second and goal. Jacobs cuts middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown for the Las Vegas Raiders. Jackpot, baby. The great Brent Musburger, who I text with from time to time. Wish him always well. JT with you. Good to have you today. So here's what we're going to do now. Uh, The Raiders' all-time cornerback team, according to me. With your votes and everybody that jumped in, uh, this is not official for the Raiders. This is ours on Raider Nation Radio. The Raiders' all-time team at cornerbacks, Willie Brown, Lester Hayes, 
Mike Haynes and Charles Woodson. Those are your starters, your reserves. Dr. Death, Skip Thomas, Terry McDaniel, Namdi Asamoah, and Dave Grayson, the all-time leader in interceptions in the AFL. Honorable mentions, Kent McLuhan, Eric Allen, and Albert Lewis. Those are my choices, Raiders' all-time team at the cornerback position. Now, my goal today is to set the stage for the safety position. Same thing with safeties. There's players that started off at corner and went to safety. Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson. I'm going to leave Charles out of this category. Charles is my all-time cornerback, starting four on the Raiders. I'm going to leave Charles Woodson out of the safeties, just like I left out Khalil Mack as an edge rusher. I moved him to linebacker. And the all-time Raider safeties, there's some good ones on this list. So today is the topic. Tomorrow is the vote. But we never understood. I did understand that this Josh Jacobs story would be big. It's really big. So as I set the tone here in the monologue, as we look at Josh Jacobs, I know how Raider fans are going to deal with it. In general, Raider fans are really great in person. I've never met a bad Raider fan. I've had some great experiences with Raider fans in person. Every Raider fan who met me, I liked them and they liked me. And it was fine. And I'll take that to my grave. Then you got Raider fans over the phone who are normally people I know or cordial. It's the Raider fans on social media who are going to try to tear this team apart. Some of them are on Josh Jacobs. The Josh Jacobs contract situation is over. Over. He can't get a new deal. He's got to play on the franchise tag till next year, but it's a big topic today. And as I mentioned in the monologue, I was on with Dusty Dvorak this morning. He was an Oklahoma legend, played in the NFL at nose tackle. And it was a really good conversation today about the devaluation of the, of the running back and where it is today. It is completely devalued, and it's not going to change in one year. So next year, the year after that, we're going to be seeing running backs who are not going to be getting paid what you expect them to get with. How you deal with that will be interesting to me. I think Josh Jacobs got no choice. He can't leave $10 million on the table. That'd be crazy. The question is, is will he meet expectations or not? And as Vinny Bonsignor wrote in the Review Journal, and as I mentioned in the monologue what Tom Pelissero said and even Ian Rappaport, they were close. I'm going to sit down and talk to Dave Ziegler when I see him about how close they were, but that's not important to me. They didn't get the deal done. Who cares how close they were? Who cares? So they were close. So he was sitting in the parking lot with Max Crosby. They didn't get a deal done. It's like sitting outside an escrow and the house falls out of escrow. Move on to the next house. But I don't want to move on from Josh Jacobs. I want Josh Jacobs to have a monster year because it's good for the radio show. It's good for our season ticket holders. It's good for the history of this proud organization. We need him all in, running hard and downhill to set up Jimmy Garoppolo, open up the field, and give the Raiders an opportunity to win because the only chance the Raiders are going to have is an opportunity to win is Josh Jacobs is going to have to have a big year and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to be healthy and Max Crosby is going to have to get help from Tyree Wilson, and the new safety and linebackers that were brought in are going to have to play above their ability. So there's a lot of things that have to happen, and we use this term in politics all the time, threading the needle. For DeSantis to win the Republican nomination, which we don't talk about, he's got to thread the needle. He's down 30 points. Everything he does has to be right. You look at business. For a business to make expectations and uh, have numbers that will – be ahead of their stock market call. They have to thread the needle. 
in order for the Raiders to compete this year, because I think they'll compete. I, I think they compete, but I don't, I'm not going to pick them to win the AFC West or to go to the Super Bowl. So in order for them to go above expectations, Josh Jacobs is going to have to have a big role. All right, real-time Tim is in Laguna Beach. How are you, Tim? Start us off. Hi, JT. Really appreciate your taking my call. Yep. Love listening to you. Thank and you. also, uh, Snow Raider, know him, so was hanging out with him in, in Lake Tahoe, and we were talking about the Raiders. But as a fan, uh, the NFL is more exciting to watch with a dynamic running game and a star player like Josh Jacobs at that position. I mean, who wants to grow up and be a running back if you can get paid more to play nine other positions, let alone have a a longer average career. So the NFL to me has taken the glamour out of what used to be one of the most glamorous positions in football. Cause I don't remember fans clamoring and being as excited when an offensive defensive lineman or some other higher paying position breaks a record compared to a running back breaking a rushing record. I mean, if Marcus Allen, Walter Payton, Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett, Barry Sanders played today, they wouldn't get to run as much. Hence, we may not see some of the most exciting, fantastic plays in NFL history. Mm-hmm. How fun is that? I mean, it is sports entertainment after all. And, and my comment on the Raiders' all-time quarterback team, Dr. Death, is there a better defensive nickname than that? Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and I, Dr. Death was a great player. As I texted back, again, I'm, I'm texting with gold jackets. I'm texting with Raider legends, former Raider executives, other people in the building on this list that I'm putting together for our summer promotion, the Raiders all-time team, Skip Thomas, Soul Patrol. There's no way he's not there. He's opposite Willie Brown. He played in a lot of big games. And, you know, my my honorable mention that I had, I just didn't read it. I didn't read the tweet collect, uh, correctly, Nehemiah Wilson. So when you look at these players, a lot of them are older players. That's the reason why I'm doing this promotion over the summer to get younger Raider fans to know about the legends and the veterans that came before. If that's the big takeaway from this promotion, I'm great with it. If we educate a number of Raider fans in regards to who are the best, who are the best players, who are the most important players, I'm good with all that. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to keep a conversation going forward on once a Raider, always a Raider, and doing it here on the radio. So again, my honorable mentions are Kent McLuhan, Nehemiah Wilson, Eric Allen, Albert Lewis right there. Eric Allen had 54 interceptions, 54, and he had a a number of them with the Raiders. Eric Allen clearly deserves to be on this list. Raider G in New York listening on the Raiders mobile app. How lucky are we for that? Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, JT? Man, it's good to hear you. I listen to your show all the time, listen to the podcast. It's hard to for me to dial in during the day, but I had to get on this, the Josh Jacobs, and I had a couple of names, though, for you with the all-time list you're putting mm-hmm. together, which is brilliant. I love you, the fact you're doing that. But there's a name of a player that I hadn't heard, and his name is Neil Cozy mm-hmm. out of Ohio State, yep. number one pick, first-round draft pick of the Raiders. Um, and, and I don't know how Al Davis pulled it off, but he was able to get him out of Ohio State. And as a little story behind Neil Cozy, he uh, he he wanted to get an actor. He started going into an act into acting, mm-hmm. and what happened was they wanted him to play the role of a Pittsburgh Steeler, and he wouldn't do it. So because he he bled silver and black, uh, he di- unfortunately died in his forties. Uh, but mm, Neil Cozy was a hell of a was a hell of a player. And then um, I may not be able to call in when you talk about the safeties tomorrow, but. Uh, Van McElroy is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. 
you know, from way, way back in the day. But I just want to say a little something about Josh Jacobs. And if Josh Jacobs is listening, I just wanted him to know, man, we love you, man. We we yeah. love you. I remember JT when when the Raiders were in Oakland, he wanted the the, the somebody in the staff or the or coaches pulled him out of the game and said he couldn't start the game. And the man was it was uh you know, it was Mike Mayock and he's crying on the sidelines because he couldn't play. I mean that's the blood that's the, the the blood, sweat and tears that this player he has, the dedication he has as a Raider. So I just want him to know that we love you, man. The fans love you. And uh, we are praying and hope everything works out for you. I know this is all business. JT, I was a little amiss when we gave Waller and Renfro money. I can see why we gave it to him, but Waller had two years left on his deal, but we gave him money. But then I heard, well, we didn't know who Josh Jacobs was, right? So Mm -hmm. we didn't get, we didn't exercise his fifth year option. But now we know who he is. And we're still not paying him. So I don't know how close we were, mm-hmm. the organization was, with giving him his money. Um, I would like to think that, you know, the Raiders have always been mavericks. It's like we don't care what the rest of the, org- the league does. This is what we do. This is how we run our organization. So even though the league is not honoring running backs or, or what have you and not giving them these long-term deals, I was really hoping – that that would happen with Josh Jacobs. So if we were close, I'm hoping that they, they pull this young man in and say, look, you know, we didn't get a deal done. Come back. We're going to take care of you. I mean, some type of assurance that he's going to be a Raider for life because he could be a Hall of Fame back, man. I think he has that kind of skill. He doesn't, he's got a lot of tread left on the ties. Didn't play a lot in college. And, and as you know, so I think that this guy could be a Hall of Fame back. And I really hope Raider fans, everybody, we rally around this kid. Yeah, that's a good phone call. That's a really good phone call on rallying around him. And I think you're right about this, but I look at this as, you know, he's going to have to handle this. And I, I truly believe, I truly believe that he's a guy who's going to handle this correctly. I do. And remember, when you say that coming to terms, let's assume the deal was very close. All indications were they were very close. They were very close on what the market was. They didn't lowball this guy. They didn't. Now, you could say that the Giants might have lowballed Saquon Barkley. I don't know. But they didn't lowball him. They gave him the number that's the number. And they might not have liked the number, but it wasn't a lowball. That's the market, unfortunately, now for running backs. It's a lower market than it should be. I agree it's a lower market. I wish, I wish the franchise tag for the elite running backs were at $12 million. Then we'd be talking about $12 million. It's at ten. So they wanted to get an extra $2 million, which would be 4 or $5 million over a long-term deal, a two- or three-year deal. I got no problem with that. I think a lot of this has to do with the Raiders, and when you look at the amount of money available now, cash on hand, how they're trying to do the deal, the exact guaranteed money going out to a two- to three-year deal, probably, and I'm not privy to know this, but probably had something to do with this. They were close. And I think Josh Jacob now knows the number. And he probably doesn't like the number. But he knows what the number is going forward. He's going to have to decide next year if he wants to go there. He might be sick of this. By next year, he might want to go play for another team for less money. He'll have a good legacy. Marcus Allen went to Kansas City. You know, other guys leave all the time with all the list that I have here. So it's tough. I hope we get another great few years out of him. I hope that when the negotiation window opens, Dave Ziegler puts a deal on the table for him that he signs because he thinks it's fair. 
and it's the right deal to sign. But it's not going to happen until the end of this year. Dave is in Albany, New York. Hey, JT. How you doing? It's yep. really nice to, to join the show. I'm a diehard Raider fan, and I like what Ziggler and McDaniels is doing, but I don't like what they're doing with Jacobs. Pay the man. Jacobs deserves the money. He's the heart and soul of the team. Everybody thrives on his running ability. When he runs hard, you can see the team. You can see the team going forward and pushing and, and giving him space and giving him openings. You see all that. And like the previous caller talked about, when he was hurt on the sidelines a couple of years back, he was crying. He wanted to get in the game. They wouldn't let him in. The football has given him life, and he loves the game with all his, with all his might. It's just get him on the field, set him up a contract, give him a three-year deal. Get it done, Ziggler. They didn't get him. They, they tried it. to. They did not get a three-year deal done. He's playing on the franchise tag. You think yeah. they should? You think they should have went over the market and given him a three-year deal? I have no problem with that. I, I agree with you in a way. I thought they should have been able to come to terms on a three-year deal, an extension with him. I would have been thrilled by that. They tried. They got right to the finish line. And they were still a little bit, not far apart from what I'm hearing, a little bit apart. I think the intentions were to get it done. If the intentions weren't to get it done, I'd did. be the first I to hope admit they it. they were. Yeah. I well, hope they were. You know, I, I just, he, he's the heart and the soul of the team. Hmm? You know, I got online with people the, the uh, last night, and they're saying that it was Carr. No, it's Jacobs. Jacobs makes everybody work harder because they – See him bouncing off players and gaining extra yards and not falling down and keep running. He runs. He runs for his life out there, and I love him for that. Let's sign him to a three-year deal. Come on, Ziggler, yeah, hook well, him up. It's not hooked up. You're missing the point. You said it's over. It's yeah, over. It's over. Thanks for the yeah. call. It's over. They didn't sign him to a three-year deal. He's playing on the franchise tag. But I, I you know, this call would have been great yesterday if you called me at noon before the trade deadline and said, get them to a three-year deal. I think they tried. I think they tried. The other big issue is I was talking about this with Bobby before the show is if I think they tried or Dave thinks they tried or Josh thinks they tried, who cares? They didn't get it done. They didn't get the deal done. They had plenty of time to get this deal done. And if they were very close, one of the fair questions to ask is, well, if you're that close, why didn't one of the two sides cave? Why didn't the Raiders say, man, we're that close? Okay, here we are. It's done. Or why didn't Josh Jacobs' team say, we're that close? Okay, we'll take it. That's negotiations. And we're not in that room. And I try to make that point clear all the time. We're not in that room. We don't know exactly what happened. We don't know the language. But we know Josh Jacobs is a great player. And I have a lot of confidence that Dave Ziegler, this is going to not get me in trouble. But I think this is going to sum it up. I believe no matter what happens with Dave Ziegler long term, I think he is about as shrewd of a guy in a negotiation as anybody we've had in this building a long time, going back to Oakland. Because I think the way he watched Belichick do it and the way that they got rid of a player a year early, kind of off the Bill Walsh, Belichick wall, uh, how they made everybody be a teammate and more versatile, wasn't about the money. They signed players at the Patriots' dynasty more shrewder than they did at other organizations. You can't debate that issue. You might not love what Dave Ziegler did giving Chandler Jones that money. He admitted that wasn't a great contract. Or Waller or Renfro trying to keep him and evaluate him more. But the guy 
is, I think, a super sharp guy in this category. And he's going to win some, he's going to lose some. Well, Bobby, this is the Otani home run from last night. Bobby and I are laughing. Yankees were up 3-1. I watched this last night. Yankees were up 3-1 last night in the seventh. And they have Otani in the count, and they groove him a fastball. He hits a home run, bat flips it. 3-1. You know what they should have did right here? Walk him. They didn't walk him. He was two for two with a single and a double. The Yankees are sitting. Oh, look how many outs there were. Two outs. Two outs. They're up 3-1. Otani comes up. Okay, the count is in their favor, and all Boone had to do was go walk him. And they grooved. They grooved a softball in beer league, and Otani hit it over the wall. Let me get out to uh, Ever in Lancaster, California, where I threw out the first pitch back in the day. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thank you, JT, for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was there for the Rams game when the Raiders played, and uh, Josh Jacobs ran for 99 yards. He he scored a touchdown. Um, You know, speaking as a fan, uh, I I don't speak as a LaShawn office man. I don't know that, that aspect of the business. But as a fan, like, man, just pay the man. Like, he's... He played two years ago with a broken shoulder, and we didn't even know about that until, like, the end of the season. You know, um, I, I really think that he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a cowbell um, running back. And as far as the Raiders organizations, like, we've been the first of many. Uh, I mean, the first, uh, like, of a couple, like, we hired uh, Flores, uh, Hispanic co- um, coach, and like let's just be the first ones to set the bar high for running backs because I really do think that running backs are undervalued. I know that they're easily easily replaceable, like through the draft. But I mean, as far, as far as Josh Jacobs, like he's been putting in work for us for for this Raider Nation ever since Oakland. Now he's in Las Vegas and he just went lights out last season. Come on, let's just pay the man. Okay, another. I'm getting another call today. Let's just pay the man. The call needs to be: we should have paid the man, not let's pay the man. They didn't pay the man, and they didn't pay the man because they weren't going to set the bar. If they weren't going to set the bar or not, they believe no one in the league. Let me repeat this: this is going to be this is a debatable topic. No one in the league was going to pay Josh Jacobs this amount of money because they didn't pay Saquon Barkley this amount of money in New York. Does that make sense to you? So if you're saying pay the man, pay the man, if Josh Jacobs was with the Titans, he wouldn't have got it. If he was with the Saints, he wouldn't have got it. If he was with the Jaguars, he wouldn't have got it. Or the Jets, he wouldn't have got it. The market set the number, and that's where the market was that Ziggler was working against. Now, if you want to say go over the marketplace to pay him because he's one of your favorite players, I get that. You might have his helmet in your house, a figurine. You might have his jersey. And I'm okay with that. That's why fans run sports radio. That's why you run the show. I run it fast, and we have limited rules. You can call in and say, pay my favorite player. I'm cool with that. But I have to be the voice of reason on the other side and explain to the best of my ability why they're not paying your favorite player. We're brought to you by Resorts World. Go check it out. See everything they're doing out at the pool, the new activations, especially 8 Cigar Lounge. Jeff Sherman from the Westgate will join us coming up next.
But for the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, it was a very short negotiation. There really wasn't a lot of activity. Even this morning, there wasn't optimism that anything would get done. But this is how close it was. I am told that Josh Jacobs drove his car to the Raiders facility, was sitting in it with teammate Max Crosby at the deadline in case something came together. Obviously, that did not end up happening. And now it remains to be seen when or even if Josh Jacobs will be back at the Raiders facility again. Much like Saquon Barkley, no expectation that he shows up at the start of training camp. The next checkpoint is going to be week one. That's still a long ways off. Tom Pelissero on the story behind Josh Jacobs as he doesn't get a long-term contract. He'll play on the franchise tag. JT, back with you as we go out to the Westgate and one of the best in the business at setting the odds, working the scenes, and knowing sports as good as anybody. The senior risk management, Jeff Sherman, joins us. Jeff, just some comments from you, not so much on Josh Jacobs, but some of the other moves here that could have affected the odds, maybe the Titans and DeAndre Hopkins. Any movement happening over with NFL futures at the Westgate? Yeah, that's what we saw was the DeAndre Hopkins movement to Tennessee, and it affected basically every market involving the Titans. And Their week one game they play at New Orleans. We had New Orleans a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That got bet down to minus three. The division shifted where the Titans were a plus 350 underdog. Jacksonville being the favorite in the division, minus 150. But the Titans lowered to plus 285, so a shift there. The future, uh, the Super Bowl futures, uh, they went from 100 down to 80, so a slight mm. move on the Titans there. Ah, interesting. 100 to an 80, that, that gets my attention there. Uh, as we look at this, Aaron Rodgers is going to be involved with hard knocks. The Jets are pushing back, which I laugh. Who are the Jets to push back on anything? They, they should love the added attention. Franchise hasn't done anything since Joe Namath. Where do we stand with Aaron Rodgers and the future odds to win the AFC or to win the Super Bowl? Uh, the odds have been easing out lately. They got as low as twelve to one after you know he officially went there, but now they're out to sixteen to one. So at the low odds, people have been shying away from him and turning elsewhere. Almost a team that's flipped odds wise with them. The Cowboys have gone from sixteen to twelve, consistent mm. play on Dallas. Well, let's move to the Women's World Cup, and we know that the United States is a heavy favorite. To be here, are they in a group of death category? I'm not too familiar with this. What's their road look like? Where's the number at? It's not too challenging. Their first game that they play this week, or they play against Vietnam. They're a six-goal favorite in that game, so mm. that shouldn't be too a tough. six-goal favorite in a game? A six-goal favorite in their first game, yes. So oh, my God. Who's not pounding the under on that? Can't, can't Vietnam kill the clock for a little bit? Is that common in regards to a, a heavy favorite playing an inferior team? I don't know how inferior Vietnam is. That sounds like a big goal differential. You know, you do see that in the Women's World Cup in the mm-hmm. group stage where it's really top-heavy, and the teams that qualify in, the smaller countries, and tend to get – we've got some games that are four, four-and-a-half goal underdogs, so – uh, you'll see that throughout the group stage, and this is the largest that we've seen is U.S. minus six, and that kicks off Friday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, so you got to watch that. Uh, that. That should not be too much of a contest. Uh, let's move on to this news of an NBA in-game tournament. Uh, I think it's going to be great for you and the business of sports wagering. It's going to give uh, an opportunity for an additional bet for people to take a look at that. What is that going to look like for you when they play the season and these games count, except the semifinal and the final, the stats move forward when it comes to player props and all this? Is this confusing or something you really embrace? Yeah, I'm I'm, work, I'm embracing it because I'm working on getting the odds up today for the in-season tournament winner. 
and plus the group odds. You have the six groups, three from the east, three from the west, that are grouped into five teams. The winner of each group comes out, and you get two wild cards, and then you play tournament style after that. So the favorites are going to be higher than what you see for the NBA title, and the long shots are going to be lower because it's a small sample size, four games in each group. You move on from there. So something new, but something to add to the betting menu, which is great. Uh, Jeff, you know I love talking golf with you. You're the best at it. Let's go to the Open Championship here and how it looks over here at Royal Liverpool. There's a lot of money probably coming in on Rory for winning the Scottish Open. John Rahm's been quiet as of late. I don't know how this sets up for Scotty Scheffler. I know his short game in putting. Uh, give me a couple of the shorter favorites here. Yeah, right now we have Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler co-favorites at seven to one. John Rahm at twelve to one. Uh, Cameron, Cameron Smith at 18-1, to 1, and then everyone else will be 20-1 to 1 or higher. And like you mentioned with Scheffler, he's the number one rated golfer stat-wise in the world and power rated-wise from the odds perspective. The only thing that's holding him back each week is the putting. But Tita Green, he is just phenomenal in leading those categories. So he's the rightful favorite here. If you look in matchups, he's a small favorite over Rory, but it definitely starts at the top of those two, and they're the ones that are seeing most of the action. Do you like Spieth at thirty to one and Morikawa at thirty-five to one? Even Fitzpatrick at forty to one seems like a great play. Yes, yeah, Spieth, I'm not too keen on because he's dealing with an injury he's had for a little bit. He said he wasn't going to take some time away, so he's had a battle there. Uh, Fitzpatrick even came out and said a top twenty would be a good finish for him. He doesn't like his game right now. And Morikawa, we've seen some sharp play on Morikawa at 35-1. to 1. He's down to 30-1 to 1 now. All right, Jeff, finally let us know about the Super Contest coming up. You know I'm behind you and Jay Cornegay. love playing in the golf tournament. I know it's a little bit out here, but tell us about what the hype is coming for the Super Contest again this year. Yeah, I mean, sign-ups are underway right now, $1,000 entry fee. You pick five games against the spread of your choice, and uh, entries are already coming in fast. So it's, uh, it's going to be a good time, and we always look forward to this. You got it. Take care, Jeff. Talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Jay. That's Jeff Sherman. I would encourage everybody. Uh, my buddies won it. He'd probably be listening. Brady Cannon, uh, he won this contest uh, with his group, San Susi, back in the day. These guys still celebrate every year. If you can win the Super Contest over at the Westgate, it's like winning a Super Bowl for a gambler. We just had the poker wind up, and the guy won from the poker. Great story here. But the Super Contest in the NFL, you could be an individual at $1,000. Do what my friends do. Couple of them team up, five hundred each, or throw in two fifty each with four guys. Pick the winners and try to win this contest. If you're a professional gambler, you're in it. If you're an amateur gambler, the super contest over at the Westgate is where you want to be. More on Josh Jacobs, and we roll on to the greatest safeties in Raiders history. Whoa, what a group we have here to talk about. 